everybody, and welcome to another episode of The Roost Podcast. As always, I am Carter Spires, here with my co-host Matthew Bartlett, the director and managing editor of The Roost, your premier source for Rice Sports news and analysis. The Roost Podcast is part of the Dave Campbell's Texas Football Republic of Football Podcast Network. Well, you know, I gotta hand it to the staff. They really, you know, you always want to work on the things you know, leading up to the next game uh, that you didn't do well in the previous game, but managing to set up, okay, you got out to a 28 to nothing lead last week and didn't, couldn't protect it uh, and had to win in overtime. This time uh, they specifically worked on the what to do when you get a 28 point lead early on in the game, like in game, like what an, what an impressive set of, uh, of, you know, like great constructing those conditions to work on that very specific scenario. You know, just off the top, this was the most boring Rice football game that I might have ever watched. And I mean that in the most complimentary way possible. It is so nice to have a, uh, to watch your team play a boring game, to just be able to just sort of turn off and think like, yep, I don't have to worry about anything because they're going to win comfortably and it's not going to cause me any issues in any way. Because even like because last last year against uh, like like a few two years ago against Texas Southern, well yeah that one was, it was not boring. Was, no, um, even last year against what was it Nichols State they played last year they played in McNeese McNeese they ran right. they ran away late but it's it's it did start pretty close. Yeah, it it wasn't cl- but they were like it was a lot of like mm, the defense is like playing poorer than they really should against a team of this caliber, you know? And, yeah, uh, and like, there were some occasional mess-ups in this game, but this was this was much, much nicer. Yeah, I mean, th- to the point where, so I, I th- the first quarter was was very fun, not boring, so I'll say that. But there got to a point where I was looking at the stat sheet, and JT Daniels, I believe, was five of six, for like 180 yards and four touched or three touchdowns, I think at this point, something like that. I don't know. And, and his quarterback rating that was calculated on the stat service I was using had it listed at like 466 or something. Mm. And I was just like, huh? And so he's 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 three of five or four of four of six or something like this. And he throws an incomplete pass. Or, or no, I think he completes the pass. It was like a short completion of like six yards or something. Completes the pass, and his his quarterback rating drops to like four twenty. <laughs> I was like, whoa, 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 whoa! You're making positive gains, and and your rating is dropping. You're you're that's how good you're playing right now. That's funny. It was just like, and that's that's a broken statistic. We know this, but man, like ho hum, tie your career high in passing touchdowns, four touchdowns. 255 yards, but we can count on our fingers the number of times we've seen a quarterback throw four touchdowns in the Bloomgren era. A, B, surpass 250 yards in the Bloomgren era, and then C, actually, throw no interceptions. Although he might have gotten helped out by Luke McCaffrey on one of them. (laughs) Yeah. But hey, I mean, you'll 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 take that all around. What Pretty... was your favorite thing on offense from this game? We've been um, waxed about JT. That can be the yeah. answer. Yeah. Um 
231 231 yards rushing is nice to see. Um, I'll take that. Um, How do you feel about the running game? Because I'm, I don't know, man. I'm, I'm still kind of not, not, not thrilled. It's probably not ever really going to be a weapon against the Meteor teams on their schedule, which is probably going to come back to bite them at some point. Um, But this was at least something positive to build on. And as long as they can get the short yardage when they need to and run just enough to keep defenses reasonably honest, then it'll like it, at this point, I think we have enough of the sample size against a variety of competitions to say that this, this team is never going to line up and, and run over teams with, with comparable talent and it is what it is. And, you know, Clay Servin was out on Saturday, which doesn't help, but it's not like, I think we can probably say the offense has the ability to be successful without a strong running game but it's not going to be it's not going to be something stellar. I'm so I'm I'm torn, right? Because I I thought the O-line was fantastic on on Saturday. I thought they played really well against Houston too. So basically every time they weren't playing Texas's front, they've looked pretty good. Uh, you know, and and I talked with Dean Connors about this last week and some of the coaching staff and like I think like there's there's some meat on the bone here that they haven't stripped off yet. And I I talked to running backs coach John Settle today and I said, you're in trouble. The cat's out of the bag. He said, what are you talking about? I'm like, you put Dalen Alexander in a situation where he didn't have two yards to go. And he had a I think the long run, it was nine yards, but yeah. he had a cut and go. And I was like, OK, OK, so I'm. I don't know if 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 Dean and, and Juma are are not carving it up. Dean Dean, I think if he can get there, like we've seen the burst and he's had he's had one big explosive play across the each of the last two games. So I believe in it. But man, like throwing Dalen, I I don't know, like figure something out here because I think that they can get to a point where the running game is is very good, right? It, it was fine on Saturday. They kind of wore Texas Southern down by the end of the game. Like early portions of the game, they were averaging, I think it was like three a carry in the first first yeah. half. And I and I even when I looked at that, I took out Dalen's plunges because I was like, I because that's whenever I ask a question about that, like, well, you gotta keep in mind. And I'm like, okay, get rid of the 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 one yard gains on right. Plus. And yeah, so let's see. Yeah, rushing rushing attempts average in the first half two point nine. So yeah against texas southern so i'm and this okay here's can i caveat all of this i am picking nits because and and it's a luxury because we haven't gotten to do this because this team is so good that we get to pick nits yeah we're 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 (laughs) usually too busy looking for silver linings to go through and um you know point out the weeds in the the gorgeously, gorgeous, meticulously groomed garden. Um, but we get to do a little bit of that. We get to do a little, a little light weeding, and that's shame that's on a me. Good place to be. 
for being upset about a 231 yard rushing performance. <laughs> I'm not I'm not upset. Like I'm not upset. Right. Like it was really yeah. good. I like like Christian Francisco. I was pumping my fist when he scored a touchdown. Like that was great. I'm yeah, it was awesome. It was every everybody got it. I mean, 51 carries. Yeah, wild. And then only only J T Daniels completes 11 passes. And also, if I'm if the, the thing that I'm most upset with the offense, it, it might be with the officiating because how dare you call Landon Ransom down on the one yard line? That made I me know, so mad. Man. Just like just rule of cool that in. You know, his like, first career reception goes for 44 and a half yards, and they put it down on the one. Like, it, I, I don't know. Can't we just? Is, is there not a phrase in the in the in the rule book that says "be cool, bro"? Like, just like come there on. There should. And I have like a like a galaxy brain here that if that had been like the sixth or seventh touchdown of the day, maybe the refs let it slide. But that was yeah. only like the third, so they're like, okay, it's still a game, and I'm like. But come on. So it was nice to see Landon Ransom get involved. No, no yeah. receiver had more than two catches. Yeah, uh, that was kind of which I guess that's going to happen when you only complete 12 total passes on the day. Um, but I guess that's, you know, you're sort of looking at like it, we're get, it's getting to be kind of where that's it's sort of a feature of this offense is that JT just spreads the ball around really well. Um, and that's until that's we have nice to see. Somebody like step up like right now. Nobody has warranted like being that level of a target hog. And, you know, maybe maybe they get there. I think like I, I there's a world where where Braylon Walker or Landon Ransom in a couple weeks are the guys that like, man, we we should probably get him the ball six or seven times a game. We'll see. As opposed to your occasional dink and dunk shot here, shot play here and there. But yeah, like yeah, right, like right now you're just you you just have a quarterback who's experienced enough and and dealing well enough that he's kind of just taking whatever there is on any given play, and you're not really other than Luke designing plays to get into to uh, do the you know Jimmys and Joes not X's and O's type of thing where where it's the Elaine Kiffin type playbook where all your plays say get it to the best guy. Lane Kiffin type playbook. I mean, that t- I guess Tui would be happy about that. I don't know. But there, <laughs> there was a couple designs. So, yeah, Kobe Campbell had a, a 70 yard touchdown on a flea flicker. Yeah, that'll which, do it. That was that was that just was that fun. was the point where the game was like, this is fun. And I'm like, you pulled out a flea flicker against Texas Southern. I'm like, you know, why the heck not? Like, nobody is like going to be stuck. Like, a flea flicker is not a new football play, guys. Come on. No. Like, it was fun. He came up limp afterwards. I think he's going to be all right. It's going to be a minor thing, and she should be good and back to go again. But, yeah, I mean, everyone was happy. I think what what all I really want to see, and we, we, we're never going to get this on Saturday against Texas Southern, but I really I want to see who is your secondary option in a clutch moment. That's what I want to kind of un- have this receiving core develop over the course of the next weeks because – yeah, obviously, right now, if there's a Keith or down, you want to go to Luke because Luke is Luke. But every other team Rice plays knows Luke is Luke. So you're going to have to find right. a plan B. If it's third and five, who can we throw it to? Is is it Bowden Groen that becomes that security blanket? It, Braylon Walker, does he turn into that? You know, I don't know who that is. I don't think there is a number two in this receiving option, offense, op, receiving core 
group of I don't know mm. whoever they are. There's not a clear number two. I don't know if there needs to be, but man, you you need to know on that third down if if I if JT says if I can't go to Luke, I'm going to X. I want to yeah. know who that is. Uh, we even got a uh, a Chase Jenkins sighting. Yeah, true freshman quarterback. Yeah. So first off, it, like there have been very few like, mo- so I. I keep a and have for several years. I actually haven't touched it yet this year until yesterday when I was kind of making some notes. I keep a spreadsheet of every quarterback appearance for Rice football in the Bloomgren era because in the past I've had to make have notes of how many people have played in a game and how many starts and why they left. And I have to go look and pull this up. I'm trying to think. I think there might have been one or two other occasions where oh you know i have it listed once it was the mcnees game i have a a quarterback entering in the game because the lead was so big and it was a blowout so shoki etrius came in in relief of tj mcmahon every other time in the history of the mike broom bloomgren era I'm I'm looking for I have a column for reason for removal for the quarterback in action. Uh, uh and uh, I have benched and injury a lot actually. So this this is the second time that I can recall that Rice has just had such a big lead that uh they could just trot out another guy. And so AJ Paget, I will note this cuz I was kind of I got some questions about this. AJ Paget was sick. One of those questions was weather. from me for the record. Yeah, <laughs> I'm I was gonna like, let what, you what, what happened to AJ? <laughs> you're you're the all-knowing podcast host for everyone else who is uh, listening to this. But yeah, so uh, you weren't alone. So yeah, AJ Paget sick under the weather. You know, maybe could have gone on Saturday, but when you have a 52 point lead, I guess it was only 45 at that point, right? Mm-hmm. When Jenkins came in. Uh, when you have a 45 point lead, uh, you know you know what AJ is. So it was really cool to get Chase in there and to kind of see, honestly, what I've seen a lot with scout team. Like, he's looked so polished and poised for a quarterback that his, I guess he got here in the spring. But, and you can tell, like, he looked, he, only on the statue I'm looking, he has one completion for minus one yards. Yeah. Which is not, not your, not a great ideal college debut, but man, he was a threat with his legs and he just, he made some like new wind to tuck in and run and like he looked pretty good. So I was I was happy with the the Chase Jenkins show. Yeah, that kid could scoot. Um, but yeah, what it like it's it's weird to and obviously this is way early based on one appearance for him and a couple for AJ. But um, do are, are we going to have like a a quarterback competition that we feel good about in the spring where it's like, yeah, I think both of these guys and play winning football. I mean, it's very possible. Like I, I can't hate on it right now. Right. And, and this, and this can't be understated. Like Chase Jenkins, when he was in the game was working exclusively with the scout team offense. Like I was looking at the jerseys, like Arden Napier was in there. Justin Williams were his receivers. Christian Francisco was the running back. Like this is, for all intents and purposes, like the fourth string, more or less. No, this so, was the guys who have been been 
great program dudes and scout team members <laughs> and everything who don't normally get the chance to play. This is where you you give those guys the chance to play. Well, yeah, it, it, but but I, and I'm not saying that to demean. I'm just saying no, he no, was no. not yeah, work, like, working with the cream of the crop. And he was just working with a bunch of guys getting their first, a lot of them, their first exposure to FBS football. And he led a touchdown drive. Like, yeah, that's, I'm impressed. So yeah, like I, I, I'm, I'm totally cool with the, just the notion that we can go into next year with two quarterbacks that we feel pretty good about. And that like, not that we have to talk ourselves into feeling good about like, the only yeah. times we've seen AJ Paget and Chase Daniels on a college football field as of right now, they've looked good. Like just good. I'm I'm happy. Like we saw we saw a second quarterback this season and all is well. We can still sing Kumbaya. It's great. Is Rice and gonna then, and they and they might you know, they might anyway. Like obviously you take you who you can get, but does Rice uh feel comfortable not taking a transfer portal quarterback in the spring? This would be the first year that they haven't if they don't, right? Yeah. I have to go back and think about that. I think every single year they've taken at least one transfer guy. Yeah, I think that might be true. So, man, we'll see. I, I think it depends on who's available, right? If there's another – yeah. did Bloomkin recruit any other five-star wonder kids on their seventh <laughs> collegiate stop? Because if that's the case, yeah. it's worked out pretty good so far for JT. For sure. So, yeah, we don't know. But, I mean, I think you're at the point where you can have – I think in years past, they've gone out and just got a guy because, like, we just need somebody. I think they're at the point where they just don't need to get somebody. Yeah. And they can just go see if somebody's good. Like, if there's, a, if there's a guy that's good, then you then you go for him. But you, you're not – like you're not – at least, you know, right now it's September and we're thinking about hey. recruiting. Hey, recruiting never stops. But um, and yeah, you're not feeling right now. You're not feeling that pressure to get a guy just to get a guy. There's a world. Just pull that with me for a second. There's a world where JT does so well in this offense. That quarterbacks see proof of concept and say, hey. I'd like to come play here. Yeah, so I'm just <laughs> This has not been an attractive destination. You could, you could see a pipeline so for guys like him yeah. who had had some talent and for whatever reason their careers kind of haven't worked out, still feel like they have a chance at being a pro quarterback and want to come to a system where they can, you know, do a little more pro-ish type stuff and kind of show that they can earn a chance to be an NFL quarterback. Like, it would not be... It's not the worst niche to carve out for yourself as a school. Yeah, take a shot on some guy. And if he works out, great. If he doesn't, even better. You have two guys, or at least yeah, one right. guy who's better. I'm, I'm all in. Man, I love that we can be talking about, like, we're saying this is the happiest we've been about the Rice quarterback. I know, world. right? <laughs> and, man, it's it's all good news. That Yeah, offense, great. Defense. It's been, it's been like nine months since JT committed. We're, we're riding high. Hey, but like the difference is now we have like on-field results that right, prove yeah. credibility. And I don't know if you saw this. I I I tweeted this out. I X'd it out. If you're not following the roost on social media, uh, you should. Sometimes we're interesting. Occasionally we're funny. But I put this out yesterday at time of recording because I thought it was it blew my mind. Uh, JT Daniels versus every Rice quarterback on aggregate from 2018 to 2020. 
He has a five points better completion percentage. He has almost two and a half times, we'll say double the yards per game of those quarterbacks. He has double the touchdown to interception ratio of those quarterbacks and almost double the yards per attempt. And that's including like, there's been some good, like the Mike Collins run is in there. Uh, you know, like Jake Constantine had a, a couple good like stretch of games. Like there's been some good, good scattered in there, but man, JT's on another level. Yeah. All, all awesome. here. Well, I'm, I'm, we, I'm, we can have a JT section of every show. I'm all for that. <laughs> but so many good things. Yeah, and one of those starts came against the number four team in the nation. So I'm just saying. Defense. I do want to talk about defense before we get out of here because there was a um, sequence only, where... Only one sack they're slacking. Yeah, I were you surprised by that when you, when you looked at the stat sheet? A little bit. I mean, Texas Southern didn't throw the ball a whole lot um, and was kind of getting rid of it quickly, I guess. Like, it wasn't much of a wasn't the environment where you actually end up with a lot of sacks and they did have seven tackles for loss. So they were clearly doing some stuff up front, but, uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess, yeah, maybe not as totally surprising, but I was just like, man, really only one (laughs) And there. Of course they first force a turnover on the very first play of the game, which was great. That's now the third consecutive game that they have forced a turnover on the opponent's first drive. Which, yeah, wow! Start, all three, all three games, like some twenty twenty level defense in here, like have some dominant portions, and then just man, you just you get the takeaways. Of course, Grant Wells throwing you five helps that, but <laughs> he's now the quarterback at Virginia Tech, by the way. Like, yep. It still like blows my mind. So. Rice having success against power five quarterbacks too. But yeah, like there was, there was one uh, sequence in this game where uh, I don't know if it was a, what was going on in coverage, but Texas Southern gets a long play in coverage where the guy is literally in a gap surrounded by four guys. Like, I don't think it was zone coverage maybe. So I don't, maybe it was, I don't, I haven't gone back and looked at the play, but they get that one big play and then they get a flag on the sideline. DJ Arkansas gets a late hit. And that moves them up into the red zone. And then the quarterback throws, honestly, one of the best balls of the day by anyone. <laughs> put it put it back shoulder at the pylon where only his guy could catch it. The coverage was solid. And I was like, I can't be mad about that. That was a wonderful throw. But that it literally took a bust play, a penalty, and a perfect throw for Texas Southern to score one time. Yeah, it, like it wasn't... Uh... I don't know. It wasn't a, a perfect, amazing defensive performance relative to the level of competition, but like that was the only drive they scored on. They didn't give up a whole lot of yards outside of it, like uh, five and a half yards per pass, two point six yards a carry. Like that, that'll that'll get it done. That is a uh, that's a perfectly fine stat line. You get the two takeaways. Um, Had yeah, a strip and- sack. Uh- Fumble for return for a touchdown by Coleman Coco that didn't get counted. Which I watching real time, I guess I was far, my vantage point was kind of far enough away that I, I couldn't tell that like they reversed it pretty quick. I could not tell his knee was obviously down. And 
where I scored so quickly afterwards that I was talking with somebody afterwards and I'm like the Coleman, I'm like, wait, that didn't count. And I had to do a double take. Cause I'm like, no, that, <laughs> that totally counted. And I'm going back and looking at the stat sheet. I'm like, where's his touchdown. It didn't exist. And uh, yeah. So I was, maybe I was on cloud nine at that point, but, but yeah, Coleman Coco has now had a couple other tackles like at the line of scrimmage. Cause in college, if it's a tackle for a, for no no gain for zero yards, it does not count as a sack. You can't have a zero zero yard sack. Yeah. So he's had several of those. He had that TFL that didn't turn into a fumble and a touchdown, but I guess he had the recovery. I don't know who actually had the hit, but yeah, like I he is playing better than his his numbers show, and his numbers are his numbers good. are pretty good anyway. Like we talked about him being like, man, maybe he could, you know, kind of fill in and help, you know, plug the gaps from the guys that are losing. And I'm not going to go out and say, you know, that he's a better player than Akena who got his shot with the Falcons before he got hurt. But, but man, like, I think he could be like a legit difference maker. Like, I, I, I think you can take the could be out of there. Like he has been a legit difference maker. So, you know, we'll see how, it, how things play out going forward. But like, no, it's fair. The, Thus far, he straight up has been. He's he has been, I would say, in total their best defensive lineman. Yeah, like I, I the only other guy I think you could argue for is maybe DeBraylin. He's yeah, but again, by virtue of their position, like DeBraylin has, has set up has set up Coco for a lot of those plays. Right? Yeah, uh, DeBraylin's yeah, yeah. never going to get the stat stat sheet padding just playing on the interior but yeah i mean and the beginning getting to put both those guys together the rice d line is feisty this is exactly haven't, what it, haven't those like two watching. guys and and josh piercy along the front at the same time is a serious like you know you can't have like you you rotate some along that front you're not gonna have those guys all out there together but that combination is a pretty one of the best rice has had along the front um yeah in the area of this coaching staff may be the best it's it's so dang good and it's going to pay off dividends once they get to conference play and uh, you know another group i wanted to highlight from this game because i was i was very interested uh dj arkansas and the side for the team lead in tackles yeah so he had that flag on that late hit which you know i don't nobody likes that whatever you can quibble about whether or not how late it was it was it was probably a little bit late, but whatever. The point being, <laughs> he was on the like there was so many guys. You go like down the stat sheet. I believe the official count was seventy three players played for Rice in some capacity, which I think there was probably Pretty like nice. maybe like a hundred ish like active and like healthy enough bodies on the sideline that could have gone in. So if you play seventy three out of a hundred. Like there were literally not many people that didn't go on the field, which was great. But but Arkansas was not a guy that you threw in in the end of the third quarter and said, OK, younger guys go. No, he was in playing with the first team defense and he played a lot in this game. So good. And I've, I've been yeah. on the DJ Arkansas bandwagon and. I'm going to keep writing it. This guy needs to be on the field more. He is freakishly fast and athletic and he just has range like and it's we got so spoiled with blaze and how he could just get everywhere 
and there was no one he couldn't chase down. And when we lost that, when that wasn't on the field anymore, like it changed, it literally changed for the past two years how this defense functions. So getting a guy that can cover with that amount of breadth, I, it's exciting, man. Like, yeah, he's, he's he has the most range they've had at that position since Blades, and it's it's fun to it's. I I love to I still I still I just love I love to watch a linebacker play like his hair's on fire, just just <laughs> flying from one to the field to the other. It's it's fun, man. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, he was he was so good. That entire front, like Texas Southern, could do nothing. Uh, there was a sequence the the beginning of the game. I, I the first first drive is a fumble on the first play, officially scored for a negative nine yards. But the second series minus one yards, third series three and out zero yards, and the next series three and out minus three yards. So in the first four possessions, Texas Southern posted minus thirteen yards, which yeah, like that'll do it. I don't care. And like, what was it? Was it twenty-eight to nothing at that point? Yeah, yeah. Because, well, yeah. After the last, the fourth series, they Rice scored their fourth, their fourth touchdown to go up twenty-eight to nothing. Uh, then they back. So if you say the game bit. was probably over at that point, which, given that this was Texas Southern and not Houston, it probably was. Then, like, that's a pretty solid effort from the defense while the game was quote unquote in doubt. Yeah, but then after that, six for 21, two for 14, and a fumble, four for 27. Like, it, it took until the, the second to last drive before the half where they got their touchdown, where they went five for 76. And they had, like, legit, legitimately one of two sustained drives that existed in the game. Like, this defense was fantastic. Like, just, I I have no seven three and outs seven and that includes Texas's Texas Southern's last two uh, drives actually four of their last five drives but the last two in the fourth quarter Rice had their scout team defense in so scout defense forced back-to-back three and outs for minus 10 yards the beatdown pretty pretty good you when you win when you win 59 to 7 you can't be upset about too much yeah, and, no, and and we certainly are not. Yeah, I mean, Rice is two and one. They have the opportunity should they win this weekend at USF to be three and one for the first time in the Bloomgren era. I'm cool with these <sighs> first. These are fun. Yeah, no, I'm great with that. Um, we'll see how it goes. Uh, Hopefully Rice plays better against uh, USF than my other team did on Saturday. But the less said about that, the better. Um, How much of this podcast should we devote to breaking down the Alabama Crimson Tide's quarterback situation? Uh, please, please, none ever. None. There's probably yeah. another, a couple other podcasts that have addressed that at this point. Yeah, once one or two, I would say. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that's about it for Texas Southern. Anything else? that jt's great go do it again yeah a plus no notes so uh we'll be back next week talking uh south florida another uh, another uh, opponent with with south or southern in the name uh after coming back from the trip from tampa so hopefully we'll uh be starting off conference play on the right foot but we'll uh we'll see y'all then and right and rice fight 
This show was edited and produced by Carter Spires. It features music from Joseph McDade.